Welcome back to Your Thriving Practice, a podcast from Global Atlantic. I'm your host, Dan Corcoran. Global Atlantic is a leading U.S. retirement and life insurance company that offers a broad range of competitive and innovative products. We're continuing with our series, Your Thriving Practice, focusing on how financial professionals can attract and retain more female clients and help them thrive. Joining us once again are Ann Hughes and Patty Hauser. Anne is a leading authority on the topic of women and financial services, and she's the founder of The Female Effect. Patty is vice president at Global Atlantic Consulting and a certified behavior finance advisor. So Patty and Anne, thanks so much for joining us once again. Thanks, Dan, for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. So we're going to be talking about female small business owners and how financial professionals can best serve that market. So to get us started, Patty, first tell us about the opportunity that exists in working with female small business owners. Yeah, the opportunity is great. In fact, even this pandemic, what we found recently, as reported by the census and funderror.com, they tell us that 1,800 new businesses are being opened up every day in this country and by women, which is pretty unbelievable. And, you know, what we're finding is women baby boomers are opening businesses at a faster rate than men. And it, so it seems they're willing to take on later in life more risk than maybe they had in the past, leaving some of those corporate jobs to start their own businesses, which I think is just tremendous. The pandemic really took everyone's thinking and just shifted it. And that's one maybe proof of that right there. And do you see that too in this world right now? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we've all seen stories on the news about with the pandemic, it gave everyone an opportunity to reevaluate their careers, whether they liked what they were doing, whether they liked working in the office or working from home. And we saw what's often been called the great resignation, where people left their jobs and decided to start new businesses to change what they were doing for greater satisfaction. And really, that's been the real winner is small businesses, particularly female owned. You know, as Patty said, when you think every day in this country, 1,800 new small businesses are opened and by women from anything, right? From something that's a storefront to an exercise studio to opening a business on Etsy. The opportunities have never been better. And we are seeing women gravitate toward opening businesses in record numbers to the tune of now 40% of all businesses in the country are owned by women. It's incredible. Now, you talked about the great resignation. Some people are calling it the great reshuffle. Whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of movement right now. And it seems like the face of a small business owner and small businesses themselves are just changing so rapidly. Can you talk about that? How this is just an evolving world right now. It absolutely is. I think we traditionally, when you think of a small business, you think of brick and mortar. You think of somebody opening a new shop somewhere. And that's a really antiquated view of what a small business is these days. You know, when you look at, at the statistic that 1,800 small businesses are started every day, they aren't all brick and mortar. They, it's not possible, right? But what they are are two women starting a cosmetic business in their kitchen during the pandemic, which is a true story I saw on the Today Show, and that it is becoming a multi-million dollar industry in just two years. And they started it with an idea in their kitchen. These things are cropping up everywhere, these ideas. And because of the technology we have, because of the way information moves, we're able to start businesses faster than we ever did before on a variety of topics. So I think we have to reframe what a small business looks like and, and to think about where the opportunities are, which are truly 
everywhere as a financial professional. I think this is the segment of the market or, or the opportunity that is the greatest for us because these small business owners, male or female, they need financial advice. It's a very important topic and you need that voice of reason. When you're going to start a small business, you can be myopic or you can be so passionate that you don't look at the larger picture about where you want to spend the money to develop the business, where you want to spend your time. Is it better to get a loan so that you can fund the business better on the outset or is it better to pay out of pocket? You need that advice and there's no one better to do it than that financial professional who looks at the big picture, who is non-emotional and objective about what you want to do. And we all think that our new business ideas are fantastic or we wouldn't want to start them. But sometimes you need that good hard look from somebody on the outside that says, okay, I see what you're doing here. I like it. Or I think this may be a place financially where you want to make some changes or a different investment. And so being that voice of reason and that sounding board not only when you create the small business, but then as it moves along over time. You know, again, I'm 11 years into it, and my financial professional has been instrumental in helping me craft the business, making sure that I'm saving for retirement, that I'm putting money away in my SEP IRA. If you don't have that, then we often overlook those things. We either don't want to pay ourselves what we should be paid, or we just don't want to save for retirement because we think we need to put that money back into the business. So again, they can help make smart decisions from the outset. And you know, I get questions should I even bother with a financial professional right out of the gate? I don't know how much money I'm going to make, or I don't know if it's worth it, or I don't want to waste their time. It's better to get advice on the front end than start making decisions that you have to unwind as you go down the path. So I think it's never too early to talk to a financial professional and get advice as you start to formulate the business and get it off the ground. And then as you go through the business, they're very instrumental in if you have to exit plan or you want to evaluate the business and sell, they're the ones who will help you put a value on that business. They're the ones that can help quarterback all of the other professionals that you're engaging with, like attorneys or accountants. And so their role may change over time as your business becomes more established, but they still play an integral role every step of the way. So, Anne, as I think about branding, I feel like, you know, it's such an important part of financial professionals prospecting for female business owners. Yes. You know, where would you prospect if you were an advisor really focusing on female business owners? Mm -hmm. And it's really, I don't think we need to make it more complicated. It's go where they are. So think about where small business owners would show up, right? So at Chamber of Commerce meetings, at Small Business Association meetings, every bank has a small business loan department. Partner with the bank. Talk to them about what you do and that a core part of your financial services is helping small business owners. And so get your name out there. Put a stake in the ground around helping small business owners, whether female, male, all of the above, and make that a part of your personal branding so that when somebody comes into the chamber, perhaps not at a meeting, but just looking for information, they can say, you know what, I have somebody that we work with or somebody that's come and presented and done seminars. Same with coming into a bank. And so being able to have that network of relationships is really important for prospecting, as well as holding seminars at these different associations, whether it's small business owners or the chamber. They're always looking for speakers. So do a short 
presentation on the role you play as a financial professional in helping small business owners. And again, word will spread and others will recommend you and refer you. And talk about just small businesses in general, if you can. This is not an easy job to take on. If you're a small business owner, you know it's tough. And I do know having one. And I will tell you, I think back to when I started it 10, 11 years ago now and how different it is today than when I started it and what I thought would be my priorities or how I thought my business model would look. What I actually spent my time on is dramatically different than it is now down the road 11 years. And one of the things you would think I would know better coming from financial services and having a business centered around financial services but I didn't engage in the help that I really needed. I hesitated to hire a CPA or I hesitated to get my financial advisor or professional involved on the business side of things because I was too busy thinking about the day-to-day nuts and bolts and not the larger picture. And we see that. I unfortunately am not unique. I think I've grown over the last 11 years But you look at statistics that we've talked about, you know, 25% don't have a formal financial plan. Only 40% of small business owners have even consulted with a financial professional. And the opportunity, again, is significant for those of us working in the industry because we have twofold. We have somebody that clearly needs assistance with their personal finances and needs assistance with their business finances and how those two interrelate is very important. And so I would say from personal experience, take a look at where you're spending your time in your small business and are you enlisting the help of professionals? From the professional side of things, I would say to you, are you actively engaging with small business owners? Because again, what an opportunity to play an instrumental role in both their personal and their business finances. Some of the numbers that you brought up today are pretty surprising. So Patty, We've established that there's a need for financial advice in this particular market. So what types of services do you think female small business owners would need? Some of the needs that they do have that often don't get met are just having adequate insurance coverage. I mean, think about it, life insurance, health insurance, long-term disability insurance, key employee insurance, you know, oftentimes women business owners are so focused on the business that they leave behind their own needs, even in the way of compensation. In fact, I recently read that too often women are not taking compensation or are not giving themselves raises. So it makes for a very difficult situation to be able to save for retirement if you're not paying yourself. So people are not paying themselves. They're instead putting it back into the business or other employees potentially just to keep it going. Exactly. That's exactly what happens, unfortunately, too often. Historically, women are caregivers and nurturers. And so they do want to put the money back into the business. They would rather pay employees if there are employees or keep the business going than pay themselves. But that is obviously problematic when we know we need money to live. So we need somebody that will hold us accountable, that makes sure that we are paying ourselves, that we're on the right track financially, that we're making decisions based on what is best for the business, not necessarily where our passion lies. And I think that is the essential point, is that you need that non-emotional really gatekeeper that can help you 
relate to, again, a CPA for the tax and accounting piece of things, the decisions that you make to fund your own retirement, you know, whether it's a single or individual 401k or a SEP or a simple IRA, however you may be doing it, it's really important that you're putting money away for yourself. And, and so often we, we don't think about that. We're just trying to fight the fires every day. What are the greatest pain points for female small business owners these days? What are you hearing from your clients? I would say for me, it's twofold. It's what I hear from people and what I live every day. And I think it goes back to prioritizing. One of the common themes that I have seen from myself and from those that I work with that are small business owners, it's human nature to spend time on things we like to do. Right. The things we find most interesting about our business. I would much rather do marketing and promotional things than I would focus on IT issues or focus on financial issues. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're not good at that or that's not your strength, those can't be ignored, but they can be outsourced that you can get help. And that's what we're talking about is going to those experts to help you with that, to take some of the burden off of you in those areas where, again, you may not excel, but but certainly is is where they, they do business and where they thrive. So I think that's really the most important thing is taking a good hard look on where are you spending your time? Are you spending it where you need to be? Are you just engaging in the things that you find fun and interesting? Or are you really taking a good holistic view of the business needs. And I find that that's the same. I'm obviously in a service business. I don't have a storefront. I don't have inventory. But I have two very good friends that are small business owners. One, a service provider, a consultant also. And then one has a physical store. And it's interesting. We may have different issues when it comes to inventory or different expenses, but we gravitate toward the same things. We don't really seek a lot of financial advice. And we often don't do maybe what's best for the business. And we were talking about other statistics. And one from Fun Era that we saw before is a statistic that women get $33,000 on average less in funding or loans than our male counterparts. Because either we don't have the expertise to go out and get that loan, we don't engage somebody that can help us do that, or we don't want to owe money to anybody. So we try and do it ourselves. Those are great questions for professionals. What's the best approach to fund your business? What are the things that you're going to need? What are the considerations for near-term and long-term expenses? And that's why the role is, is so instrumental. And just having the courage and the wherewithal to go to those professionals to get that advice instead of trying to do it all yourself. As financial professionals, something that you can do is help connect your female business owners, you know, create a network, possibly an event that you host every year to bring business owners together so that they can leverage some of the resources amongst them, always, again, with a educational component that could be helpful. And one thing this pandemic did offer are flexible ways to, to meet. You know, we can meet virtually now and long beyond as we get through this pandemic, we'll continue to meet clients over Zoom or do things virtually, which I think will be advantageous for fitting into her schedule. So I think it's our position as financial professionals to help pull her away from the day-to-day -day tasks and, and be able to see the bigger picture. Obviously, there are pain points for these female small business owners, but there is also something just gratifying about being a small business owner. And you said you were once a small business owner. Can you talk about that and about how important these roles are all around this country? 
Yes. You know, and in fact, I still am. And so I had a long career in corporate America and still have my own business. And I will say, I think that's why we see the number of female small businesses growing because it fits into our life. We can have kids at home or things that we need to do to fit into our life, but craft a business around those and make it very specific to what we want out of life, whether it's the time that we have to invest in a business or what we're passionate about. And that, I think, is really why we see these big increases in female-owned small businesses. And we see the opportunity and the successes. And there are more ways now to make money on your own than ever before. Like I said, whether it's on Etsy, whether it's creating a new product, mm-hmm. you know, the sky is the limit for opportunities. But with that comes good, solid financial guidance. And so those two go hand in hand. And it's very hard to have a long-term successful small business without professional financial advice. In fact, I can't reference one that I know of that's still thriving that doesn't have professional advice when it comes to finances, both personal and business. And to all the female small business owners out there that are hearing this right now, keep going. And Ann and Patty, thanks so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. I think that's a perfect way to end. Just keep going. But get the advice to make sure you're going in the right direction. Exactly. All right, listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to listen to our other episodes on women and investing. We talk about gray divorce, widowhood, and caregiving. I'm Dan Corcoran. Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll see you next time. Global Atlantic's Your Thriving Practice podcasts are available on your favorite podcasting app or at globalatlantic.com forward slash professionals. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints of Global Atlantic Financial Group. Global Atlantic Financial Group, Global Atlantic is the marketing name for the Global Atlantic Financial Group, LLC, and its subsidiaries, including Forethought Life Insurance Company and Accordia Life and Annuity Company. Each subsidiary is responsible for its own financial and contractual obligations. These subsidiaries are not authorized to do business in New York.